Hey everybody, this is Keegan Scott, the owner of the Magic Skull Bus and the 2019 Flog Champion, and you're listening to the Flogcast Network. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Yes, this is the Flogcast Network. Jay Ruff in the house today. I am alongside with one of my good buddies, the current Toilet Bowl champion, the great Jacob McKinley. How's it going, Skin? Pretty good there, Ruffy. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. It kind of felt good saying the Toilet Bowl champion. Did it sound good when I said it? No. Oh. Didn't feel good either. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> well, it, it feels good me saying it that, you know, is directed towards somebody else, uh, yeah, not towards imagine. myself. So, yeah, yeah. I can see but that. Congratulations. Let's move, let's move on from that, please. <laughs> All right. Speaking of moving on, right off the bat, Skin, we're going to talk about real quick. Uh, before, yeah. So, we're th- this is the AFC South episode. That's why I have you on here tonight or today talking about. Uh, the a the great AFC South, and of course your Tennessee Titans are on there in this division. My Indianapolis Colts, they're in this division as well. It's a great division to talk about. I'm very happy about it, and so we're gonna go right into that today in this episode, of the great AFC South. Um, before we do that, Skinley, there's some big news to talk about, and it's funny because we just talked about uh the Washington football team uh, we talked about them in the last episode with q just recently they re actually before they released this guy he was uh, arrested on domestic violence related charges darius geis uh was released by the washington football team uh pretty <laughs> you know if you think one thing was going to knock this guy out you think it would have been injury skin it was domestic violence instead of injury. What do you think about these news? Yeah, man, uh, it's a t- tough start to this kid's career, you know, injury after injury. But then this is a kind of a bombshell that, you know, to be frank, could put an end to his career. That may be overstating it, but, you know, just with the domestic violence is taken very seriously nowadays, especially in the NFL. Um, and I just, you know, I don't see him playing this year. You know, next year I could see a team maybe taking a chance on him, but with his just with his lack of durability and able to stay on the field, and you know he obviously is talented when he's out there, but you just you can't have a guy like this in your locker room. And I mean, yeah, his actions are just kind of kind of putting a putting a burden on his career. So I mean, heck, man, I have not seen the news of the the, the complete story of what exactly happened. But, you know, you know, it's one thing if a player is, you know, is keeps getting hurt. You know, it's not his fault. You know, he just keeps getting injury after injury. Like you said, uh, that's one thing. But if you add this on top of those injuries, it's bye bye, man. It's, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's I, not I good. Haven't, I haven't heard the story either. I just saw the report. It said one count of domestic violence with one count of strangulation. And that's all I kind of needed to see. And I'm like, oh, man, oh. it's probably not good. Oh, I did not see that. Holy yeah. moly. Okay. So, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> no. No. All right. Well, I mean, heck, I mean, he's, I mean, he's still a young guy. Who knows about his career? But like I said, if you throw this domestic violence on top of injuries, it's not going to be looking good for the kid's future. So, uh, but the good thing about the Washington football team, they have 20 more running backs on that team. 
Uh, so that's, that's, you know, again, we talked about that on the last episode with Q. Uh, this is when having 20 quarterbacks, I mean, running backs on a team, pay, you know, pans out to be good. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's going to open the door for some of the younger guys for sure. You know, Bryce Love was just drafted there. Um, they have a young kid out of Memphis, Antonio Gibson. Obviously, they have the the old-timer, Adrian Peterson there, who's done a fine job in the last few years of leading that backfield. But, you know, I think they're going to do a committee approach, um, and we'll kind of see how things play out. But, you know, uh, I do do see it a little bit encouraging. You know, the, the times are starting to change with the Washington football team. Um, you know, it's been so long, and, and I figured they would have changed their name a while back. And last year, you know, their owner got a lot of public pressure to change their name. And they didn't even consider it until this year, which, you know, it all stems from money is, is the reason why he's starting to reconsider this. Um, but, you know, I do think Ron Rivera is a great person to have in that organization. You know, they they had many females come out within that organization and say that there's a toxic culture. Um, there was a lot of sexual harassment within that building itself. Um, so not good things going on in uh, Washington with that football team, but. I think Ron Rivera is somebody who is going to put a stop to that and going to start to change the culture around there. But, you know, it, it all comes from down from the owner, Mr. Dan Snyder. And I, I mean, uh, who knows, you know, does he change or is he just doing it for to not hurt his, his checkbook? I, I don't know. We don't know. But Ron Rivera is kind of the face now. And I think he's a good guy to have in that locker room. Right, absolutely. And again, one thing that the Washington football team they have going for them is uh, lots of young guys on that team. Uh, you know, you got Haskins there and also, um, uh, of course, put Adrian Peterson aside. They got lots of young running backs and lots of young wide receivers, uh, uh, McLaurin being one of them. Uh, you know, I had a very good rookie year. But uh, so uh, to look at this Washington team, Darius guys was, you know, it looked like he was going to be the number one running back. But, I mean, who really knows? I mean, because they had so many. Adrian Peterson might be that guy now, but you know, there's so many mouths to feed in the, in the backfield. Uh, you know, it probably not a go-to uh, fantasy guy on this team, but uh, we will see only time will tell. Yeah. But outside of Terry McLaurin, I mean, I pretty much don't think I would trust anybody on the entire roster to be, right. uh, to be a fantasy relevant or fantasy stud by any means. Right. Right. Absolutely. All right. So let's, uh, push that Washington football team behind us now. And uh, we're going to go after the AFC before we AFC South. And before we do that skin, we're going to uh, hear a quick word from one of our sponsors and get after it. All right, my man. Sounds good. All right. Be right back. Riverside Rentals takes the term come connect very seriously. It is their goal to provide perfect atmosphere and experience so that a family can enjoy each other's company on the water. A group of friends can share a ton of laughs over a few beverages. A couple can spend some quiet us time together. Or the outdoorsy type can connect with self and mother nature. They provide canoeing, kayaking, rafting and lazy river tubing near chicago and indianapolis riverside rentals is located right on the beautiful tippecanoe river in winnemac indiana uh, the location means a easy trip 
drive from Chicago, Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, South Bend, Lafayette, and nearby metro areas. It is a life experience you want, and they will provide the means. Connect with whatever and whomever you need at Riverside Rentals in Winnemac, Indiana. All right, all right. Welcome back. It is time. For the great AFC South, I'm here with Mr. Skin McKinley, the Toy Bowl champion. Skin, uh, your team, my team in this awesome division, uh, your team did not win this division. They went 9-7 and seven last year, but they did move on past the Texans, so they were the last team in this division to make that as far as they did. Uh, Texans were first last year. They were 10-6, and six, pretty, decent, pretty decent year for the Texans. Uh, do you, you know, of course, then you got the Colts, then the Jaguars in that order. Uh, how do you feel like it, it's going to be like this year? Yeah, I mean, I could see a kind of a similar result. I mean, to be honest, you know, I mean, I obviously have all the faith in the Titans, the way they dominated in the playoffs, the way Derrick Henry came on strong yet again in the second half of the season. Uh, Ryan Tannehill played out of his mind once he took the starting job for Mr. Marcus Mariota. Um, you know, I do see some regression from Ryan Tannehill, so I see the Titans probably hovering around that nine and seven, ten and six spot as they always do. You know, fighting for either that first or second slot in the AFC South, but always ha- giving themselves a chance for that wild card. Um, you know, the the Texans obviously lost a big piece. You know, they lost one of their best players that's been around there for so long, Mr. DeAndre Hopkins. So. Um, they do have a great defense, you know, so I do think they are going to be right up there fighting, fighting still this year. Um, but I just I want to see what their offense looks like without David Johnson or without uh, Hopkins. But they do they did uh, get David Johnson in there at running back, too. So that'll be kind of interesting to see. Um, I, and I also think the Colts will be right up there with them. You know, those three teams, I think it's a three team race. Uh, for this AFC South division, um, Philip Rivers, obviously last year, not the hottest year, but, you know, he knows he's only got a year or two left in the tank. He's familiar with this offensive scheme. They got Jonathan Taylor in there. If T.Y. Hilton can stay healthy, they've surrounded him with a couple other weapons. Um, mm-hmm. Great offensive line, improved defense. So, um, obviously, with the trade for Mr. DeForest Buckner, um, and they signed Xavier Rhodes at cornerback. So signed some some good vets there as well. Um, kind of Xavier's on a prove-it deal, but I think he's going to kind of shell in right there as a starter. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a three-team race. And obviously, I think Jacksonville's going to end up last. I, I think Vegas would agree with me on that. Uh, I think their win total is like a four-and-a-half win total over-under. Uh, I just, you know, Gardner Minshew had, was hot for a while, but, you know, he's not the guy that I really want – leading my team and thinking that he's going to take us to the playoffs. And then obviously, you know, Leonard Fournette is one year left on his deal. Obviously I think he's very talented, uh, but their defense, you know, just can't seem to put it together after they've lost Jalen Ramsey, AJ boy, a plenty of other names I can list there. Calais Campbell is now gone. You know, they've just lost so many good veterans. Um, right, that, right. Uh, I think they're just going to be, they're just going to struggle to do anything. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I do agree with you when, it, when, when you say that it's going to be a three team race, you know, when it comes to the Texas Titans and Colts, it could have went either way last year. There's lots of games that Colts, you know, they had games slip through their fingers and that seven to nine record could have easily been flip flopped. Uh, but I do believe that they did get better and we'll talk about the Colts and individually we'll talk about the Titans. Let's start with the Titans. I mean, uh, Texans, let's start with the Titans right now. Skin your team. Um, the 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 Hawaiian era is over, if you will. Um, it uh, the great Marcus Mariota is officially off the team. I know he he lost his starting spot last year, but now he's gone. Um, it, or it, did a part of you leave your body when he left, or is is it still skin in there? Yeah, man. I mean, and I know <laughs> Titans fans are are pretty split down the middle with this, you know. A lot of us are still showing love to Mariota, and we're rooting for that kid. He, he's a hard guy not to want to root for. He did everything right when he was here. He was the ultimate pro. Um, he was a great leader in the locker room, even if he wasn't as vocal as what we wanted him to be. But to be quite honest, you know, I wasn't a big Ryan Tannehill guy, I, and Mariota was my favorite player, hands down. But... <laughs> Two weeks into Tannehill starting, he made me forget about Mariota. You know, just the way that offense took off when Tannehill came under center, part of me had to put the blame on Mariota. And and I don't know exactly what it was, come to injury standpoint, holding the ball too long. You know, he'd get sacked all the time, not being confident in his throws. I don't know what what – happened with him to make him just not perform to what we expected in Tennessee um, he had some great clutch performances in the playoffs you know we obviously should all remember the stiff arm against the Jaguars that put them over the top to make them make them uh, go to the playoffs um, right, obviously right. had some magical plays against Kansas City the 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 pass to himself the pass catch and touchdown all by all from him you know so many great memories for Mariota um I I'm just happy that Vrabel had the sack to call it when he did you know they they didn't score a point against Denver last year and at that time that offense just looked like it was going to be another year of just a shit show and I'm just so glad he pulled the trigger even though it did it did hurt me inside to see that that happened. Um, it was obviously the correct move and Tannehill proved it and, and earned his contract. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited and, and happy to see Ryan Tannehill next year. And even though Tannehill isn't necessarily my favorite player in the world, and I expect some regression from the statistics, the mind boggling statistics that he had last year. Um, I think he is good enough to, to get this team into the playoffs. Right. I mean, he did. He did spend six years with the Miami Dolphins Didn't have spectacular years when he was there. Um, and, and last year he took over after he taken over Mariota. He did. I mean, he did have a very good year um, after uh, Mariota left or, you know, got benched. Um, so this this is his team now. He's in the driver's seat. But, you know, you got to look at <laughs> I was looking at the quarterbacks after him skin and there there is nobody that I, I I even have heard of. You got, <laughs> uh, I don't even see there that there's a fourth quarterback in the slot. You know, you got a Logan Woodside, yeah. a kid from uh, Tol- uh, Toledo, and then a Cole McDonald. Have no idea. So if Ryan Tannehill goes down, they are in some deep poo-poo. And the same, in the same shoes, kind of like Derrick Henry, if he goes down, they're in some deep poo-poo. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And, I mean, Logan Woodside's been with them for a couple years. You know, the locker room's saying all the right things. They trust him. If Tannehill got hurt, they trust him to take over the offense. He's been working with the guys in the offseason. But, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I agree. You know, <laughs> if Tannehill goes down, uh, things could get um, could get very messy very quickly. Um, and I ex- kind of expected them to sign some sort of veteran in the offseason, but um, – you know, I kind of think at this point they're going to roll with what they have. And, and if, if an injury comes to play, then they'll kind of address what they need. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if any of those two guys, obviously Mr. King Henry or Ryan Tannehill goes down, you know, the season could, could turn very quickly, which is, is a little bit scary. Right. I mean, you know, in Tannehill's offense, it was like five year, four or five years in a row. And when he was at Miami that he didn't get hurt at all. I mean, he played all 16 games. So, I mean, it could it could be like that. I mean, it's still he could catch that back. He hasn't played a full season in a couple of years now. But, um, again, last year, we won't count last year. But I think he'll be fine. And I'm guessing the Titans are hoping that as well. Uh, that I mean, he's hoping he'll be all right. Uh, moving on to uh, Derrick Henry, um, a guy who has proved himself to be in a legit keeper not only in our league but should be in other leagues as well the dude had a, a tremendous uh year i think it what was it, his fourth his yeah his fourth year now he's taking a step forward every year skin 16 touchdowns this kid had 1500 yards the dude was spectacular yeah yeah and that's that's an understatement you know the this dude put the whole team on his back and you know i can't say that he did it alone obviously the offensive line played extremely well to open up some of the holes but this dude would get you know hit behind the line of scrimmage and still make things happen he was going against eight nine man boxes run after run in the playoffs these cats knew what they were coming they knew they were giving him the ball and he just ran (laughs) through their faces every game and it's just it's honestly mind-blowing to watch this guy play he's so big he's so fast Nobody wants to tackle him, and when it comes to the fourth quarter, he gets stronger and stronger as the game goes on. It, it it's so fun to watch. He is obviously <laughs> now my my favorite player in the Titans. Just I I just can't say good enough things about him. Like I'm so glad that they they got him his money. They paid him. He's here for the next four years. Oh man, just that was a weight lifted off my shoulders, and I just can't wait to see King Henry run tote the rock again. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, like you said, a, a four-year, $50 million deal that the Titans signed him. Uh, you know, if you think about just picture this, Skin, uh, a wide receiver. Well, what would you say an average height of a wide receiver in the NFL? Around what? 6'2", six, 6'3", six, around that height? Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little taller. I mean, maybe a little shorter, honestly. But. <laughs> right. And this kid, Derrick Henry, I and mean, we knew this coming in, him coming in the NFL. The dude's six foot three. He's a running back, 250 pounds. He's a, he's a tank. He's legit I mean, a defensive end, like a big, strong defensive end playing running back. And I, and I understand why guys don't want to tackle him anymore. I, I get it. Like, who would want to tackle that guy for four quarters? Like, it, it's just so hard. It, I, I just, man, I I feel bad for the guys playing against him sometimes, especially DBs trying to tackle him. Like, it, it makes him look like kids out there. It's just, it's fun to watch. Right. It, it certainly is. And, you know, if looking at Derrick Henry, uh, he's had a, a, a backup running back that's kind of like, 
uh, shaded his career just a little bit. Dean Lewis being one of them for sure. Uh, but now Lewis is gone. And like I mentioned, there's not like a, a, a complete stud that is right behind him. They, uh, the Titans did pick up a rookie in this draft in the third round, uh, Darrington. Uh, yeah, Darrington Evans. Evans, yeah, I'm sorry, from Appalachian State. Uh, a very quick little uh, running back. But, of course, this is kind of like Tannehill. Derrick Henry's in the driver's seat, and it is, it's his show. Yeah, it's it's absolutely going to be his show. And once Arthur Smith took over as offense coordinator last year, he knew the formula was to just feed this man. And and you know the that's the one thing I did not like about Matt Lafleur. He just tried to keep Deion Lewis on the field too much when it was clear that Derrick Henry needed more touches. And you know his 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 average carry was five yards a carry. Like and with going against those boxes is just. It's just insane. Like, the last two years, he's been around five yards of carry when everyone knows it's coming, and they just can't stop it, you know. So I'll, I got to give a lot of credit to the offensive line. Obviously, we lost Jack Conklin this offseason, so that is going to hurt a little bit. But, you know, Dennis Kelly's going to step in there to replace him probably as the starter to start the year. But then Isaiah Wilson, I assume, who is a large man, will step in there at right tackle probably halfway through the season as a starter. Um, and going to be another, you know, road runner to help help block for Derrick Henry. Right. I mean, and, you know, I mean, it's very safe to say uh, that the quarterback and running back slots for the Titans are locked up for sure. Uh, there's no debate that any of those second guys are coming and snatching that first spot. But a little different story when it comes to the wide receivers. Of course, A.J. Brown probably, most likely, uh, not most likely, he is, the clear-cut wide receiver won. But after A.J. Brown, there's some question marks. And, of course, A.J. Brown having a great rookie year, over a 1,000 yards. Uh, I mean, they believed in this kid last year, drafted him in the second round. Um, I I absolutely love, love this kid. He saved my butt last year, um, helped me defeat you in the toilet bowl. Pretty happy about that. I did trade you in our league, him, for a fifth-round draft pick. So he is currently now in your hands as a keeper. Good job for you. This guy will take another step forward in his second year, I believe. Um, I mean, like I said, he's the clear-cut number one wide receiver, um, and he his, he's got so many years ahead of him. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. This dude did a lot with very little last year. You know, he did not get many, many targets, did not get all that many receptions. But when the when the ball touches his hands, you know, he's thinking end zone every time. And he's going to break a few tackles. He's going to juke some kids out of their shoes. He's going to stiff arm dudes in the into the ground. He's going to do whatever he can to get those extra yards. He's very physical. Um, I like this kid's mindset a lot. He he wants to be one of the best in the league. Um, you know, I know he's the type of guy who's going to be working in the offseason. Um, so I don't necessarily have any worries about him. You know, the only worry that I do have is that the Titans offense has never been a great fantasy wide receiver type of offense. And right. for, you know, for obvious reasons, when they first had DeMarco and Derek. And now Derek is obviously the man. They they want to build around the run, and I don't blame them. Uh, but the Ryan Tannehill uh, play action game is going to be key. Uh, once they run the ball, Derek a few times, and have Tannehill f- 
fake that run and drop back and and throw some bombs to AJ Brown. You know, I'm I'm hoping for a step forward. You know, this this is one that I do think his his ADP may be a little high, and and being in round four is basically where I would be taking him as a fourth keeper on my team. So that's even with his ADP. I just think that it could be a little bit high this year. Um, big expectations for him. You know, I do think he got snubbed for rookie of the year. Obviously, maybe a little bit biased, but over a thousand <laughs> yards as a rookie wide receiver. I mean, come on. You know, Josh Jacobs obviously did did very well and, and was a good player, but I, I do think AJ Brown deserved a little more credit for rookie of the year. Right, but, and look, and look at you, you you own them both right now. In our yeah, league. I, Good for I'm, you. I'm, I'm happy for having a young young squad that's going to start building. You know, I need to pull myself out of this toilet bowl. That's for sure. Yeah, get your head out of that out of that toilet seat for yeah. sure. Um, and you're definitely building the building the tracks. You got the number one draft pick as well um, in our fog league. So uh, you're definitely getting them young. Um, so moving moving on with the wide receivers, like I said, you can disagree with me if you like, but you kind of agreed with me when you said that wide receivers, probably their weakness in their team besides A.J. Brown. Um, and one of them that's very disappointing, I think, is Mr. Corey Davis, a guy that the Titans drafted uh, fifth overall in the 2017 draft, uh, the guy that had very high expectations on, and now he is just he he's not doing well, skin. Yeah, and I mean, I, I obviously disagree a little bit. Um, oh, but you think you think he's good? I mean, I do think he's good. I think he has talent. I mean, okay, for his first year, yeah, obviously did not put up numbers. His second year, eight hundred ninety-one yards, four touchdowns, had two big touchdowns in the playoffs against the Patriots. But 890 yards in the second year, you know, he's getting close to a thousand. I, you know, I just have a little bit of a, little bit of a sweet spot for Corey Davis. Okay, I, I okay. Do think he gets uh, stop gets a little it. too stop much, uh, <laughs> too much. Hate. I, I don't. Well, he's definitely getting hate from me because I don't <laughs> like. You got AJ Brown, a rookie who hit a thousand yards his rookie year, and he was drafted in the second round. This guy was drafted fifth overall, skin. Uh, yeah, of course well, the expectations are very high. Yeah, and last year he got 600 yards. Yeah, I mean this guy is a poop show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is hard to argue, and his draft position is always going to hurt his outlook. And they did decline his fifth year option, so I do think if he doesn't absolutely show out this year, they're probably going to move on from him. I just think Corey is the type of guy who has a little bit of an unsung hero. He blocks down the field. He opens up holes for Derrick Henry. If, if you take a look at a lot of Derrick Henry's big runs, somebody is down there blocking for him, and it's usually Corey Davis making a key block. And I get it. He's a receiver. He needs to catch the ball. He needs to put up numbers. He needs to at least get close to 1,000 yards. And that has just not happened. And, um, yeah, I will admit, I do have a little bias towards Corey Davis, and I am expecting a little bit more out of him this year. And I'm hoping to see him eclipse that 1,000 yard mark this year. I'm just, you know, I, I also don't, I'm not going to say that's going to happen. Fantasy relevance wise, I would not draft Corey Davis. And, <laughs> but I will say the number three is locked up there. Adam Humphreys is clearly their number three. So that, that is their top three. There's no debate about it. That is going to be their starting three wide receivers coming into this year. And we'll see what happens. Well, heck. Skin, you don't have much to choose from after Adam Humphreys. I <laughs> well, mean, come yeah. on, man. 
Oh, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, with, with Adam Humphreys is definitely there. Corey Davis should have been on my players to avoid list, but I kind of just thought it was common sense. Don't draft a guy in fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, he could be talented, but just he's not fantasy relevant right now, and I'm seeing the heck away from him. And he's having, what, didn't he have like a toe surgery uh, done? And he's on the pup list as of right now. Yeah. Um, I think. So, you know, yeah, that's another – yeah, dealt with her toe all year, like the second half of the year last year. So played through injuries, which I respect. But, yes, did have toe, toe surgery in the offseason. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely stay away from him until until he proves otherwise. But um, Which he won't. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, let's move on to the tight end spot, Mr. Smith, a guy that I'm sure you're very high on. Uh, he's, he's approaching, what, his fourth – uh, his fourth year in the league now, I do believe. Um, a, a guy who, with Walker uh, leaving now, uh, it's, it's again, kind of like uh, Derrick Henry in Tannehill. This is his show. Um, I see, you know, I think he was under my, uh, uh, one of my breakout guys to have. Um, one of my studs that could have a breakout year. I mean, he's definitely, this could be his year. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I just, Another one who I know is working in the offseason um, and I respect a lot. I think his athletic ability is obviously off the charts. Um, I do believe that it helped having Delaney Walker there as a solid veteran um, to kind of help him along. And now Delaney is gone. So he's clearly that number one tight end option. Um, but Tennessee kind of likes to use tight ends as a committee a little bit you know they do have Anthony Ferkser back there as well who played a big role in the playoffs um, and they also have a third tight end Michael Pruitt that they tend to like to use a little bit as well a little bit more of a blocking tight end so I am going to kind of pull back my expectations of Jonu Smith I, I don't ex- expect him to be what Delaney Walker was with Mariota um, mainly because I hope they use their wide receivers more and, and, and focus a little less on using the tight end as their, their main playmakers. Um, I do think he has, you know, that ability to be a 600-yard and five to six touchdown guy. Um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm going to go short of saying he's going to be a, a, you know, a game, a super game changer for them. So you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, be brave enough to uh, put him week one in the tight tight end spot number one, or you just maybe hang on to him, keep him on your bench, and then see what he does. Yeah, I mean for me, he'd probably be more of a bench guy, but that's also with you know possibly keeping Kittle. You know that's uh, oh yeah 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 that's a little bit different in my situation um, compared to others, but. He's obviously tight end one. So if he's a late draft pick and, and somebody is struggling, you know, the tight ends kind of fall off real hard. I mean, I think he's a, obviously a guy that you could take a risk on and, and could be a couple touchdowns. But I just, you know, I, I would probably rather keep him on the bench and, and kind of see where the, the season takes you. But that's just my advice. So it blows my mind, Skin. It sounds like you don't like – Mr. Smith, Juno Smith, you hate Juno Smith, but you like Corey Davis. Makes I'm absolutely no sense. That. I'm not saying that one <laughs> bit. I'm not saying that one bit. Oh, yeah, I okay. said even to stay away from Corey Davis in the fantasy drafts, too. I'm not saying go out there and draft Corey Davis with a no, late, that's, late pick. Hey, that's, He's probably not worth it. But. That's not what I heard. I heard that Corey Davis is the best player in NFL. That's what I heard when he said that. I'm not blunt over here. I'm not saying that. 
a mediocre season or a, <laughs> above average season. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I'd say Derrick Henry is the greatest running back, greatest player to ever play if I was wild. And if I, that was it, that was the case. Or Ryan Tannehill is now better than Tom Brady because of his stats last year. That's Ryan what wild. I'm trying to look at it a little bit realistically. Well, good, good for you. <laughs> Oh, good times. All right, let's get off this Titan train and move on uh, to the best team uh, record-wise, I guess, for last year. The Houston Texans um, had a pretty good year, 10-6, and won the division, like I said. Um, But uh, it's going to be tough for them to repeat that division championship after losing, like you said, one of the best wide receivers in the game right now, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, those are some big shoes to fill. And uh, that's probably, uh, you know, just, you know, they do have, they, you know, they did pick up Brandon Cooks and, of course, Randall Cobb. And we'll talk about those guys in a little bit. But what is this? How does this, with Hopkins being gone, Skin, how does this affect Deshaun Watson, his game, um, throwing it to one of the best wide receivers? He's gone now. I mean, regardless, Hopkins, I still believe, is going to be one of the best fantasy quarterbacks, you know, that you can have. I I do believe he's going to be probably close to top five fantasy quarterback. Um, It it is going to force him to spread the ball out a little bit more. Um, He's still going to be good with his legs. He's still going to be able to score plenty of touchdowns. It's just he does not have that security blanket. If he needed the the chains to move on third and whatever, we knew who he was going to, and and it would usually happen. So I guess for me, a lot of it more is mentally. What does Deshaun Watson feel about that, and how does he feel that, you know, his head coach, you know, how does he feel about the move just because he traded away Hopkins for literally a bag of chips? I mean, yes, David Johnson is a talented player. But his contract is massive. He is an aging running back. And his head coach just said, see ya, for, for nothing. When, <laughs> when we saw uh, Jamal Adams just get traded for two firsts and a third or a fourth or whatever, and, and DeAndre Hopkins can't get anything, you know, I, I, it just blows my mind. You know, I just think Bill O'Brien is the reason that that team will, will not get very far. Um, I don't think his players believe in him, but – you know, I do think that he did an okay job trying to replace him by bringing in Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. But at that point, I mean, those guys are obviously a few tiers down from DeAndre Hopkins. And, and Hopkins was a guy that I feared personally every week when we would go up against the Texans. I'm like, nobody, even though the Titans have a great secondary, I said, nobody can guard this dude. Nobody can guard him. So it's like, when, when is that Hopkins catch going to happen? When is the touchdown going to happen? And, you know, now they don't have that and it's going to be a little different story. Right. I mean, I I agree with you when it comes to that and it'd be very interesting to see what Watson does here. Um, I think uh, looking, just looking, just looking at stats, he, he did stay, he just, take a little step back um, from last year. I mean, 2018, he had over 4,000 yards, and uh, last year he had under 4,000 yards. Uh, He did get 26 touchdowns, which is good. Uh, He threw uh, three more interceptions, but, um, you know, you you could – I can can see it either way. I can see him uh, spreading out more to his wide receivers now with, with Hopkins being gone and picking up more yards there, or he just – yeah, like you said – doesn't have a go-to guy to go to now. 
and you know, his numbers go down a little bit. But I do believe in Watkins, uh, his talent and what he can do. Still very young, still got the uh, the speed and the ability to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he still is in my mind. He's a top five quarterback uh, by far, I believe, within Watson. So I, I well, did I say Watkins one time? I think I did. Uh, yeah. Wa- yeah, Watson. <laughs> uh, but no, Watson. Uh, I still believe he, he's top five quarterback, hands down. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't even call it a step back. I mean, yeah, his, he had a few little things here and there, and didn't go over four thousand yards passing. But I mean, the the kid is amazing. He's a twenty four years old. He's obviously the best quarterback in that division, and. Uh, he's a guy that you would always want on your fantasy team, especially if, when we have a two-quarterback league. He's obviously very valuable. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, he is he is one of the best quarterbacks that we have in the NFL for sure. Right. So, you know, another addition to the Houston Texans is in their running back. Uh, they did lose Lamar Miller, uh, who didn't even play last year due to injury. So they they still have Duke Johnson and they have David Johnson. And just a FYI skin, if you do any drafts or do any mock drafts, uh, when you see a D Johnson on the mock draft, you got to be careful before you draft them. Uh, because, <laughs> because you, you, you know, one thing you might think, oh, David Johnson is this far back? Yes, sir. And it was Duke Johnson. No, yeah, thank you. That's a good observation there. <laughs> that is definitely a good observation. So, so hey, I mean, heck, you learn, you learned, yeah, you learned something on the Flawcast Network today. So good <laughs> for you. Uh, so yeah, going on with David Johnson, uh, you know, it, this this guy's career is very is very interesting. You've had him before, skin in your career as a keeper in our league. Uh, you know, it's very interesting. He did not have a good year last year at all, as we all know. Um, that the one year that you had him, I think it was back in 2016, dig through your brain skin. Uh, the year that he went absolutely crazy with 1,200 plus yards rushing wide, 16 touchdowns. Uh, he has not gotten over 1,000 yards since that year. Um, and the, the, <laughs> and the, the year in 2018, it was as close as 940 yards and uh, seven touchdowns. Um, and he hasn't even gotten close since then. Is it, is his peak over skin? Is he done? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously his, his peak is over. I mean, that he's never going to replicate those numbers that he did in 2016. And to be honest, I, I don't exactly know what all happened last year. You know, obviously I know injuries have been a little bit of a concern and he's had a few, um, but I, I just don't understand how he got totally, totally unseated. His running back one spot right. was just taken from him. Right. It, it was, yeah, exactly. It was like erased. And, you know, me coming, you know, I had David Johnson last year. He was one of my keepers. I took him from you. And I totally regret that now because he was like, it was like, boom, David Johnson's gone. Hello, Drake. And they just erased him. Yeah, and I mean that's not something you could predict. You didn't expect them to trade for another running back. Like I, I, I just, man, that situation is very confusing to me, and I, and I can't seem to make sense of it. Do I think David Johnson is talented? Absolutely. Do I think he can still get close or or maybe get over a thousand yards? Yeah, yeah, I think that could happen. Um, but it's just it's a little odd. I, I do think he's going to be a little bit. Um, less of a receiver because they have Duke Johnson back there. Um, so maybe just focuses on, on some of the rushing game. But, you know, Houston's not necessarily known for their offensive line being all that great. 
Um, you know, I, I do expect David Johnson to be close to a 1,000 yards, but looking at his average draft position here, I guess in the fourth round, uh, maybe a little high for me um, mm-hmm. personally, but, you know, I, I, I expect him to do, do all right and be pushing that 1,000-yard mark. Right. I mean, that's what I was about to say, too, Skin. Um, if he gets over 1,000 yards, I see that as a ex- successful year. Uh, yeah. For David, for David Johnson, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's you know, and he's been in a year what you know five six years now, and he's only had one year uh, that has been over a thousand yards and uh, over ten touchdowns. And if you get over one thousand yards for David Johnson, it's a good year. I mean, of course, he's twenty eight years old. That's when people, you know, running backs, especially starting young, start to go slide down the mountain. Um, so you know. You know, David Johnson's not the only one who's been a stud and then has faded. I mean, you got, of course, Dave, you know, you got Todd Gurley, and um, there's so many other guys that, you know, have, you know, were there at the top, Le'Veon Bell, there at the top, and have just slid down the mountain. Um, but, you know, David Johnson, like I said, he gets over a thousand, uh, you know, successful year in Houston. And who, who knows? Brand new team, brand new system. It could be a good thing for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. He's he's obviously not a guy that I would uh, star on my draft sheet as a must go get, but um, probably a guy that I'm looking at if he does fall, just because I think that the touches are going to be there for him. Right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we we do have two running backs, of course, two flexes. I think he's a great flex play. Uh, you know, depending on you know how they use him and how how effective he'll be on this offense. But I think he's a good flex play for sure. Uh, yeah, and I can't understate the amount of money that they're paying him this year. You know, I think they're going to want to get some good production out of him. You know, that's what one of the the head scratchers of that DeAndre Hopkins trade was that they basically said, we don't want to pay Hopkins this extra money that he wants. Instead, we'll ship him off for a bag of chips and David Johnson's bloated contract. You know, that's where I just, I just didn't get it, but you know, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and I, I do hope that David Johnson has a good year unless he's playing the Tennessee Titans, obviously. Obviously. Yep. Or the Colts. Uh, so moving on to the, their wide receivers. And like I said, the, the wide receivers, huge question to mark about uh, who is number one and what's going on with this, with this core. I think that the top three is, is might you know, might be set in stone? Who knows? Uh, we got Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Rand, Randall Cobb being those three. Can't forget about Kenny Stills and Kiki Kuti. Um, But you know who? I mean, who? Who the heck is the number one wide receiver? Lots oh, of people man. are saying Will Fuller. Um, I don't trust that. I mean, he was on one of my players to avoid. Um, I think that I personally think it's Brandon Cooks uh, and then Will Fuller. But what do you think? <sighs> Yeah, man, I I just don't think there is a, a, a wide receiver one. I mean, I do. Right. I'm kind of in the same boat, but I, I would I would call it Will Fuller. But the key with all of these guys is who's going to stay healthy, and I think that's all it boils down to. Who plays the most games is going to be who's the wide receiver one. And Will Fuller, you know, has had some amazing, amazing games, amazing performances. But the kid can't stay healthy, um, and that's that's kind of been shown for the last few years. Um, Brandon cooks a little bit of the same boat has a little bit of injury bug, but um, also wasn't the main focal point in in the Rams offense either. Um, 
But I will tell you one thing, man. This wide receiver room has some speed, and that right. that's the one thing. They're going to be able to blow the top off some defenses. So uh, I think if the scheme works well and they can get some guys in the underneath routes, you know, that's probably where Randall Cobb will do most of his work. Um, you know, I, I think the two burners out there could could really have a decent year. I'm just not sure which one. I mean, whoever stays healthy. Right. I mean, heck, I mean, like I said, I mean, and like you said, there's so many guys that have so much speed and you got three guys right there. Uh, even, even with Kenny Stills and QT, I mean, those are quick dudes as well. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you have all those guys just running all over the place, this could be good for Watson. Who knows? Uh, but I mean, like, like I said, I have Brandon Cooks just ahead of everybody else. Uh, you know, despite last year, didn't really have a good year last year. I mean, he did have, uh, I love just looking at stats. And he did have, what, four years in a row um, that he had over 1,000 yards, and one of them being with the Patriots and the others uh, with one with the Rams and then the, the Saints. Uh, but, I mean, this guy, he, he has the talent. He's still, he's still there. He's still very quick. So that's why, uh, I mean, with Will Fuller, man, I just don't trust the guy. Uh, the dude, first of all, he is very inconsistent. Like I've said in previous episodes, and he get hurt, he gets hurt if he if he breaks a nail, he's out for two weeks. It's just a thing that happens with Fuller, and it's a thing that I don't trust at all with that guy. Yeah, yeah, and that that tends to those reoccurring injuries like that tend to tend to creep up again and again. You know, football is a one hundred percent injury rate sport, and you know it's a lot of it is about can you play through some of those injuries as well. And, you know, everybody's body is different and um, pain tolerance is different. So it's just um, – it'll be interesting to see. I, I do think that's one of the more intriguing groups of the entire AFC South to see how it plays out. Um, right. And, and I do agree with you. You know, it, it could be a positive for uh, – for Watson to see him spread the ball out a little bit more. I mean, you know, I don't think they have a great tight end. Darren Fells may be their starter, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a lot of those receivers, they're, that's going to be a, a, a interesting room to be in and interesting to see how it plays out because, you know, wide receiver three and four both, both have amazing talent as well. Kenny Stills and Kiki uh, were both, are both very good players. Right. And yeah, they're definitely full of speed. Um, and so, yeah, like I, like you said, it's never going to be interesting to see. And moving on to the tight ends, like you said, it's kind of similar to the Titans. They use so many tight ends uh, and Darian Fells. I think he's probably the number one, I guess, if you want to point your finger at somebody with Fells and they have Jordan Atkins and they also have Jordan Thomas, uh, three guys that they use all, you know, all, all the way around, uh, you know, with, with the Texans uh, tight end, never been a fantasy guy to go to in this. Um, uh, I guess Fells is the is the number one, um, but nothing really much uh, fantasy wise when it comes to the Texans tight ends. Yeah, not even worth talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go to something that is worth talking about, Skin, uh, the great Indianapolis Colts. I've been waiting all night for this. Um, so, uh, finished last year seven and nine. Uh, as we all know, uh, you know, the great Andrew Luck retired, which was very painful. Uh, you know, right off the bat, you know, during our draft, he retired <laughs> after I drafted him. Very painful day. But, uh, I mean, uh, Jacoby Bursett came in there, didn't have, 
you know, exactly what people were wanting. So they picked up Phillip Rivers. Now, are you a Phillip Rivers guy? Are you riding the Rivers boat? Or are you like everybody else that just is hating on the guy already? See, you see his age and you just say, yuck. I don't, I don't fall <laughs> either way on one of those categories. He's a guy that I am directly on the fence on. I, I can't really make up my mind one way or the other. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I, I mean, look at the kid's resume or the the guy's resume. He's not, <laughs> not a kid anymore. He has like twelve kids. I don't, I don't know, but his resume <laughs> is phenomenal. I mean, he's he's probably going to be, you know, he might be a future Hall of Fame type in the consideration. He is he has put up the numbers for a very very long time. Obviously, with recency bias, we look at last year, not great. Um, and that whole Chargers team was seemed to be out of sync. Uh, Melvin Gordon couldn't get it going. The receivers really couldn't get it going. And, um, you know, he's had his security blankets and he's had weapons. You know, I'm not saying that, but their offensive line obviously did not do them any favors. I, I am very interested to see how Phillip Rivers performs. Um, I do think that he can be um, – a good productive player. Do I think he's a guy who is going to put him over the top in terms of, Oh, we can make it to the Super Bowl now because we have this guy. Hell no. But <laughs> I do think he's a guy that can push and make that team um, a little bit better and um, possibly uh, shoot for a playoff spot. Right. I mean, I, I, and I've said this before, I like Phillip Rivers. I think it's going to be good for him on a team that can actually protect him. And, I mean, of course, the, the Colts have the one of the best offensive line in the game. And, you know, if you look at uh, Phillip Rivers, you know, people – People are bashing on him. They say, oh, he's, he's done. He's over with. I mean, there's what? You got like seven years in a row that this guy has, has had over 4,000 yards in passing. I mean, when you, if, you, if you're a quarterback and you have over 4,000 yards, I think that's pretty good. Uh, but, of course, what, what kills the guy is his interceptions. And uh, he only threw 23 touchdowns last year. Uh, and then he threw 20 interceptions. Uh, so it, it, it's definitely something uh, that he needs to improve on. But like I said, with the Colts uh, and the, the, the uh, offensive line protecting them more, I have confidence that that number will go down by far. And he has uh, great puzzle pieces when it comes to his wide receivers. Uh, another another group of guys who are very quick, similar to the Texans wide receivers. You got T.Y., uh, Pittman, the rookie, Paris Campbell, all guys who are very, very quick. And I think it's just perfect puzzle pieces for Phillips' game. Um, and how he how he interacts with the with you know he loves just throwing and let the well quick running uh, wide receivers do the job. And I think it's perfect with those wide receivers. Yeah, I mean the one thing I will say, just sticking with the quarterback room, I believe that Philip Rivers, obviously it's been proven he has more of that gunslinger mentality, and mm-hmm. it's very interesting because both of them, him and Jacoby Brissett, are on that both on one year deals essentially, so they're both playing for either auditioning, well Phillips auditioning to whether the Colts will resign him for next year if he has still gas left in the tank, and Jacoby's either auditioning for another team um, or can he alter his game enough to get the Colts to like him if Phillip Rivers ends up retiring, okay? And I think what Phillip brings to the table is that 
he can bring some of that gunslinger mentality out a little bit more and try to help Jacoby Brissett because Brissett was a very game manager type quarterback. And he played well, but he was just not aggressive enough. In the times that he was aggressive, they ended up being picks. So I do think it's a good complement of, of strengths there in that quarterback room, and I think it'll be interesting how it plays out. Um, you know, And it's just good that you have a decent player there if Phillip does get hurt at that old age to, to come in and back it up. Right, but, and of but, course, yeah. Okay, keep going. But uh, I was moving on to wide receivers unless you have something else to add. Oh, yeah, real quick, you know, staying on the quarterback train. Of course, you got you got Jacoby right now, quarterback two. But another guy that keep your eyes – Keep your eyes open for this guy, young guy that the, the, they just drafted um, in the fourth round of this draft. A uh, huge guy out of Washington, six foot six, Jacob Eason. Uh, great guy that will learn from uh, both quarterbacks ahead of him, Rivers and Jacoby. Uh, guys who that he will, you know, write down in his book and and grow his knowledge. I think this guy could be something special. The development could be there. Uh, like I said, he he was like a I think he was was at Georgia, and then he transferred to Washington and played there. He has a very good arm. I was watching some film on him earlier today as I found out we were going to do this podcast, so I did more research on Eason. Uh, but I, I love his arm, and he could be something special uh, learning from River. So keep your eye on the rookie. <laughs> easy, easy. No, <laughs> no I, don't, I mean, I'm not going to hate on him, but I just don't say he's a – He's a development quarterback. He's a projection, you know, maybe two, three years out, could possibly be a starter. But if you're handing your keys to that guy, I just I just don't think you're going to be in a good Great. spot. I think you're kind of saying we're in rebuild mode and we're going to see what this kid got. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying he could. I mean, great opportunity. He's on a great spot right now to learn from those guys. And maybe I agree see what with he that. does. He's in a great room to learn from very two capable quarterbacks, and especially Philip, who's done it at a high level. I would agree with that. I just, yeah, I'm not, not excited about him. Right. Well, hey, next time if you're gonna fart on the air, make sure you put it on mute or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on to something that's maybe a more of a headache. Why? I mean, the running backs and the Colts. I mean, when I say headache, I'm talking about fantasy-wise. Uh, talent, it's fine. But fantasy-wise, uh, with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor, you can't forget about Naheem Himes, all those three guys. Naheem Himes is more of a receiving back. But, uh, Jonathan, you know, if it's tough fantasy-wise to draft one of these guys because are you willing to go through the headache of, oh, should I play this guy or should I go with this guy? I mean, this guy going to get more touches, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's that's what I'm saying when it when it comes to headache. I like the talent there when it comes to Taylor. I love I love I still love the talent when it comes to Marlon Mack. Uh, but, you know, it's it's definitely crowded there in, in, in the Colts backfield. Yeah, uh, especially this year. I, what I would say is it all depends on what type of league you're in. If you're in a keeper league, hands down, Jonathan Taylor is going to be an early pick. Someone's right. going to stash him on the bench and you're going to keep him for the next five eight years most likely behind that Colts offensive line. Marlon Mack's contract is up next year, but this year, yeah, it's going to be dicey to figure out who's going to get the ball and when, what type of percentage is going to be split up. Um, I know we've talked about this a lot um, on podcasts, you know, just about the rookie curve with running backs and learning protections. And especially with the COVID-19 off seasons, you know, how soon do they hand Jonathan Taylor 
the keys to that backfield. Um, I, I obviously I watched Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, you know, and the, the dude was a monster, but he also had a massive workload every single year. So, you know, personally, if I were the Colts decision makers, I would do kind of what Tennessee did with Derek and, and give him some touches, but kind of let him be the second guy um, and not, not overwork him, give him some time off. Um, and make sure that he's healthy and ready to go once Marlon leaves for free agency next year and and then hand the keys to that kid and, and see what he's got. Right. I mean, it's not like Marlon Mack is an old man. The dude's 24 years old. I mean, he's approaching his fourth year in the NFL. Last year he had over 1,000 yards. He, he, he's still taking a little step forward to, to being where people are expecting him to be. But, you know, I mean, I, that's why I was kind of shocked uh, in April when they picked up Jonathan Taylor in the second round. I mean, I don't blame them. When you get that kind of talent coming in, it's hard to pass up on a, a running back that, that has that potential. I mean, I don't blame them. But I, just, I didn't even know we were looking for a running back. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, when, and when we had Mac 24 years old, had a pretty good year, I was kind of shocked. I, I agree, but especially at the running back position, it is so hard for them to get a second contract. It is yeah. so hard yeah. to, to get drafted or get to that team and then get them to pay them the second contract after they come off that rookie deal. They're getting Jonathan Taylor at a cheaper price than what they would have to pay Marlon Mack when he, when he goes to free agency. Um, I just think the – they needed playmakers and not to say Marlon isn't because he obviously has breakaway speed and, and is a pretty decent receiver at the back can do a lot of different things. I just think Jonathan Taylor is a different level. And I do think he is kind of more of that game changer type um, player. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it was a great pick. I know Colts fans, you know, from what I've heard here around India, a lot of them are on the fence about it, you know, but I just think it makes sense in terms of, they're saying, you know, we're not going to pay Marlon next year, but, you know, I would still ride him while you can, while you have him for cheap. But, you know, they're going to get what they can out of Jonathan Taylor while he's on his, his rookie deal and don't have to spend much money in that in that running back room and get two pretty solid players. I mean, and I'll tell you what, and you could be writing down some notes as well when I say this, Skin, and other guys in our league, if they're listening, with Jonathan Taylor, uh, of course, like you said, Marlon Mack is bye-bye next year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, if you're looking for a keeper, I mean, he's definitely could be there depending of course, what he does this year and how he looks with the offense. Uh, but he could be, Oh, what, what's, what does Q say? The next great Miles Sanders leading into the, uh, yep. <laughs> McCaffrey 2.0. Idiot. He went to Christian McCaffrey, but yeah. <laughs> He That's could be, he could be there, Jonathan Taylor, um, <laughs> depending because of course the, the, he's going to be in the driver's seat potentially possibly next year. Um, it could be a, a possible keeper. Who knows? Yeah. And, and I, I think he will be like, no matter what happens this year, you know, I, I think he, Jonathan Taylor will be kept by someone next off season because I, I believe Marlon Mack is going to go into free agency. You know, if the Colts can get a team friendly deal with Marlon, and they want to keep that that running back by committee approach, which Frank Reich does love, um, you know, that might change things. But I, I believe that Marlon will be gone and searching for the most money that he can get, as he should. Um, and Jonathan Taylor will be there to be the workhorse next year. I mean, obviously, Naeem Hines, I think, is a great dude, too. You know, very versatile out of the backfield, can catch the ball. I just 
I think his his fantasy ceiling is is capped very hard when he's right. behind those two guys. Right. I do like Himes as well, but yeah, I agree with you uh, on when it comes to him. Uh, so let's move on to the wide receivers. Kind of talked about it just a little bit. Um, of course, T. Y. Hilton um, is is back now, and he's you know kind of had like. A little up and down career, but of course he's still by far the number one wide receiver on that team. Um, he, you know, he's been. <laughs> he, it's, it's crazy to think that he's been in the league since 2012. Now uh, he's 30 years old, uh, but I still think. I mean, he's still definitely very talented, talented running back. I mean, wide receiver. Uh, and he'll. It, it's great, you know. Of course, they picked up Michael Pittman Jr. A guy that will, you know, great asset when it comes to T.Y. Hope. I guarantee T.Y. Hope was very happy when they picked up Michael Pittman Jr. Oh, no, I agree. I mean, I think Michael Pittman is very physical. He does, he kind of reminds me of the, you know, A.J. Brown, what Tennessee picked up last year. He kind of has a very similar playing style. Um, very physical guy, can go catch the ball at the point of attack. But to be honest, this is not a group that I am necessarily all that high on. Um, T.Y. obviously has, has proven what he can do. But the injuries are starting to pile up, and the age is is getting up there for a wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, he he takes some big hits. He's not he's not a very large human being, and he gets injured uh, relatively often. Um, so I think Michael Pittman was a great complement to that. A little bit bigger body type guy, maybe a little bit more in the red zone. Um, but you know, Paris Campbell has to prove it to me. You know, he's been getting hurt as well. So you got Ty and Paris, both speedy guys that get hurt a lot. And Zach Pascal came kind of came out of nowhere last year and it put up some decent numbers for being uh, undrafted type of guy. And um, it's just not a not a group that gets me going. I guess you know Pittman I think is exciting. Um, I think Ty's proven, but it's just not a group that I think are going to have multiple. Um, fantasy relevant players. Obviously, Ty I think will be fantasy relevant, but outside of that, I'm just I'm hesitant to say that Pittman's going to be, you know, an a thousand yard receiver or anything close. Right. I mean, I think he'll be he'll be, uh he'll definitely help Ty out when it comes to uh, focusing all their attention on Ty. But now, I mean, if you if you look at Ty, uh, last year was by far his worst year when it comes to injury. He missed six games. But if you take that away, I mean, it's pretty much uh, the only game, the only year that he, the most year that he's missed is two games, and that was to an 18. Of course, to an 18, he missed two games, to a 19, he missed six. Um, and every other year, there's like three years in a row he didn't miss. So, of course, like you said, it's been piling on, but it's more majority just from last year. It was yeah. not a good year for him, uh, when it comes to injury. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully, he can just you know, he can shake that off. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, it, it, 30 years old, you never know. But I, I think he'll be okay. I hope he'll be okay. And um, we'll see when it comes to his year. Also, I mean, so you, you're not a big fan of Paris Campbell? I mean, I liked him coming out. But, again, he, he just has to prove it. You know, he, had, he, he got some decent playing time last year and just – didn't do a whole lot with it. I mean, I know he did have a wrist injury there that kept him out a lot of the season. Um, is just he's definitely not a guy fantasy wise that I would uh, put my stock in. You know, that's a very I think a very risky pick, especially with Pittman. You know, I I think Pittman will put up bigger numbers than Paris Campbell does, but um, I just think both of those guys are risky risky uh, fantasy options. And right. T. Y. Hilton, obviously, you know. I, 
I would definitely draft him if he if he was there. You know, I think him and Philip Rivers is a good pairing. Um, but Philip Rivers is also used to, you know, uh, feeding Keenan Allen, who is you know obviously a very very talented receiver, but he's more of a route runner can do a lot of things underneath. Not necessarily known for his deep ball catching ability and his deep ball speed. So um, I just think him and T.Y. Hilton are very different in terms of skill set. So I think that'll be an interesting adjustment. I just think Philip Rivers is a good uh, gunslinger type guy to have with T.Y. Hilton. So I'm not worried about Hilton. Um, I think he's a, a, a great player. And if he's if he's there around his average draft position, I, I, I would be comfortable taking him. But anyone outside of that, nah, leave him. Right. I mean, I do believe, you know, T.Y. Hill will be drafted early in our draft. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., he will be drafted, I do believe, in our draft. I don't see Paris Campbell being drafted. Could be a guy, you know, bouncing from team to team in the waiver wires in our league. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you when it comes to, you know, when it comes in the fantasy relevant, I mean, uh, I think Michael Pittman will – I mean, I think he'll shock some people. Um, mainly because I just – I. I've seen a lot of film on him and love the, the routes he runs. I love his, his frame, his, his long body and ability to catch the ball. I like Pittman jr. I think he'll be good for us this year. Um, but we'll, yeah, I, you I know, definitely it, think it, it adds a, a nice red zone element to that. Right. Game, right. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the tight ends. Uh, did lose the great Eric Ebron. Uh, I guess that could be a good thing if you want to look at it that way. Uh, the year before he did awesome, but last year he did not do very good. Jack Doyle's number one tight end now. They did pick up Dre, uh, Trey Burton, which I don't know how I feel about that yet. Um, <laughs> guy who uh, coming from the Bears, uh, he's had some up and down seasons as well. Jack Doyle's probably the go-to guy. Mo Alley Cox, you know, he, he goes in, in and out from time to time. But Jack Doyle's the number one tight end on this team right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, they also do, isn't someone who super excites me either. It's kind of that tight end position. If you don't have one of the top guys, then it's kind of just a plug and play depending on matchup or depending on the hot hand, see how they're doing. Um, but Doyle, obviously now with Eric Ebron gone, and, and I think he got a contract extension, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I, I would be comfortable having him in my lineup, but he's kind of in the same boat as kind of like Jonu Smith for me. I mean, um, possibility of having a, a very good um, year, but also a guy that you kind of want to hold off expectations for and, and wait to see and, and wait to see how he does with the new quarterback too. Right, absolutely, and he, I think he's a perfect example. Possibly could be a guy who you know if you're if you're starting tight end is is gets hurt or he is on a bye. Jack Doyle is perfect for that uh, opportunity. For sure. Let's move on uh, from the best team in the division easy, to the worst team. Uh, easy. Easy. Tighten up, baby. <laughs> gross. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, last team in the division last year. And I do predict that there will be the last team this year. Um, it, you know, lots of things, you know, happen. Well, one thing, you know, one thing you like is Mr. Gardner Minshew, a guy who was a rookie, uh, drafted late in last year's draft. If you look at his pitcher skin, he looks like he's 35 years old. 
I mean, <laughs> and uh, the majority. I mean that that I mean is mostly because of that beautiful mustache. I yeah, mean, the, the mustache ages in ten years. Yeah, and the dude's only twenty four. The kid's got a little swagger about him. He is <laughs> he's fun to watch. He's he's a guy that you know it's uh, it's hard to root against. You know, you kind of like the energy that he brings to that locker room. You know, they signed Nick Foles, but. It was pretty clear once they tried to put Nick Foles back in that it was Gardner's team, which is why they traded Nick Foles in the offseason. But, again, don't get me started on Mr. Blount here, talking about Nick Foles, the greatest quarterback to ever play the, the game, greatest NFL quarterback <laughs> ever, and blah, 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 blah. You know, But Gardner Minshew is an exciting young prospect. Um, is it some, He's not a guy that I want to lead me to the Super Bowl or think that he can, but I, I – you know, I think he's got some talent. He brings some energy. I like watching him play. But, I mean, that's all I'm going to say. Right. And with Menchu, could be a guy, if you're in a league similar to our skin, a two-quarterback league, could be a guy flirting with quarterback two numbers or a guy you feel comfort- comfortable and confident on your bench last year. That's what he was at with on my team, um, a guy that I threw in my wide- I mean, quarterback two slot a couple times. And he put up some good numbers. So, I mean, he could be doing that this year. Uh, he could be a quarterback number two uh, in our league. You never know. Um, it really depends on his wide receivers and, and how how they develop. And we'll talk about them in a little bit. Another guy, uh, just switching all the way on to the running backs, is Mr. Bernard Fournette. What do you think about him? <laughs> Uh, this is a this is an odd case, you know. He's obviously put <laughs> up some big numbers the last few years, except for I mean, three touchdowns last year. That, yeah, blows that's, my that's mind. what I was gonna say. I mean, the that, amount of that touches that he got, only three touchdowns, makes no sense whatsoever. It because does he's not. involved in the rushing game, he's involved in the passing game. It it just made zero sense to me. Do, do I think he'll get more than three touchdowns next year? Absolutely. I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to have more than three touchdowns. Right. But there was some trade talk in the offseason. They did sign Chris Thompson. So mm-hmm. I think they are immediately pulling him from the third down pass catching duties. That's my my personal opinion. So his receiving output. I don't think it's going to be as high as what it has been in the past right. few years. I mean, in last year it was pretty high. I mean, he was targeted a hundred times and caught at 76. Yeah. Uh, he didn't, he didn't get any touchdowns, but he did get over 500 yards. That's pretty good. Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. And that is good. That's man. 76 receptions. That right. that's a lot. I know it's crazy. <laughs> and so I think a lot of that would be for like, obviously from check downs, um and some like swing passes and different things like that but to to give you a consideration here aj brown only had 52 receptions last year (laughs) 52 and he had over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns and he has 76 receptions and 500 yards like Right. That, that that's crazy to me. I, I just think obviously that number is going to go way down this year. I think Chris Thompson is built for that third down receiving role, and um, I, I think right. it's smart for them to take Leonard from that role and just focus on more of the rushing. But you know, Leonard doesn't seem to be very happy there. As a, every star or decent player on the Jaguars team, no one seems to be very happy there. So. 
Um, I'll just be interested to see his mindset um, and kind of see how his offseason work was, knowing that he's not happy with the team and, and the team talked about trading him and probably could not find a suitor. So, and knowing that he's probably going to be gone next year, it, 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 I think mentally, you know, that's got to be difficult to really grind uh, super hard in the offseason and try to, you know, win for a team that doesn't seem to give a shit about you. Right. Right. And, you know, like, like you said, uh, the addition add on from uh, Chris Thompson, that number could be reversed for Fournette. Uh, you know, seeing so many receiving yards, that number goes down and those touchdowns on the ground will go up. So hopefully, of course, I'm just saying that because he's on my team now. Um, I, I've coughed up some traits to get him, but he is on my team. So hopefully going into his fourth year, he has a good one. Um, just knock on wood, of course. But moving on to the wide receivers, a uh, uh, wide receiver who took a giant step forward in his second year is Mr. DJ Chark Jr., a guy who had a pretty impressive second year in the NFL. Yeah, he did have an impressive year. I mean, he fell off real hard towards the end of the end of the yeah. season. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he plays. You know, honestly, for me, if they're, you're on the Jaguars, I kind of just don't have respect for you. So Sharp's <laughs> going to have to prove it again for me to to really want to, to to do anything with him. But, you know, his average draft position, let's see here, is close to, what, five, round five. Um, that makes sense, yeah. You know, which is, you know, not too bad. I just, you know, that – that whole room is just still, it's kind of a whole big question mark there. They have a lot of different guys and you never know who they're going to feed. But if Minshew finds that DJ is his guy and he goes to him a lot, then he could, he could absolutely have a a very good year and you would expect over a thousand yards if that's the case. But um, man, I'm going to need him to prove it before I, uh, before I do much with him. Right, absolutely. And it's crazy to think if you, you know, at this spot last year, D.D. Westbrook uh, was predicted to be the number one wide receiver uh, and the go to guy on this team last year. Of course, Gardner Menchu wasn't the quarterback, starting quarterback at the time, but D.D. Westbrook was the dude. And uh, D.J. Chalk Jr. wasn't even talked about. Uh, but I think D.D. Westbrook has, has fallen down the mountain just a little bit when it comes to hype wise. Um, a guy who didn't really. Uh, have the year that people were expecting. His second year was uh, he took a step forward, but he I think uh, just looking at his stats, maybe took a step back uh, when, especially from the hype everyone was giving him. Yeah, yeah, kind of the same boat, man. Uh, not a guy I'm gonna trust, and not a guy <laughs> that I'm gonna target or star on my draft sheet to go after to get. For there's just no reason for that, and. Part of that's because they drafted two wide receivers as well. You know, you don't you don't spend that much draft capital on a position group if you have uh, ultimate faith in, in the guys you have there. Um, let's see, they got the LaVisca Chenault Jr., mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing that correctly, in the second round, um, which I've seen a little bit of tape on him. You know, he looks, looks like a pretty good guy. And Colin Johnson, I'm not sure who this guy is in the fifth round. But, I mean, you're just not spending – two draft picks on wide receivers if, if you're in love with the guys you have. So I think that's kind of a, a sign that D.D. Westbrook might not be quite what everyone there expected him to be. Um, but, yeah, not, not, not a guy I'm going after. Right, and I think Chris Conley falls in that position as well. Not a guy that I'm going to be circling and drafting. Uh, I don't think anybody will be, maybe. Uh, he'll be a guy who will be sitting pretty in the waiver wire pickups. Uh, 
Who knows? Um, just slide on down quick. And of course, we're not talking long about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, but, uh, they suck. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob. <laughs> uh, but another guy that is, you know, is very interesting is Tyler Effort. Yeah, I can't. I can't I it, you know, it's crazy to think that tight end out of Notre Dame, very, very high. He was drafted in the first round back in 2013. The Bengals did not want to let this guy go, but another, another guy who just, just had bad luck when it comes to injuries. But last year was his his only year. Uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven years in NFL. His first year, not. I mean, playing. He's playing all. 16 games. Uh, so good for him. Uh, really? <laughs> you know, yeah. He didn't have any injuries, played all 16 games uh, in his seventh year in the NFL, seventh year with the Bengals. And then, of course, he goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he'll, he'll be a clear-cut number one tight end on that team. Uh, so maybe it could be a better fit for him. I know that the Bengals did not want to let him go, but, I mean, it's uh, – I just like that stat. I like that he finally did not miss a game. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I, I had no idea that. I mean, I just assumed he was injured half the year just because that's right. how it is. Every, I mean, former first round pick back in 2013, you know, um, had mm-hmm. a couple good years with the Bengals, but yeah, just could not could not stay on the field, and that's always been his uh, his mo. Um, you know, I, obviously the guy's talented. He's he was drafted in the first round for a reason. The Bengals didn't necessarily want to get rid of him for a reason. Um, I think he's got talent, but just like everyone else that I've been saying, man, the dude's <laughs> got to prove that he can stay on the field, you know, right. he's got to prove that he can build some chemistry with Gardner Minshew and, and be uh, you know trusted with the ball and trusted to be able to take hits and not just die. So, I mean, you know, pr- prove to me that you can do something with it and, and we might, we might pick you up on the waiver wire and you can be an easy fill in if your tight end has a bye week, but. Again, uh, most like most Jags, not a guy that I'm targeting or going after. Right. I mean, uh, for sure. I, like I kept like I remember last year. Uh, you know, I kept looking down. Of course, I look at the waiver drivers almost every minute. It felt like, uh, <laughs> and then I saw I kept seeing him on there, and he wasn't putting up numbers for you know even worth picking him up. But I'm like, wow, he's even you know it's like what week. 13 he's still playing right Good for him. Right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I do remember saying that. I mean, thinking that in my head. Uh, but you know. He, yeah, he has to. He's not fantasy relevant as of right now, and it could be a better, a different show for him in Jacksonville with the great mustache showing in some footballs. I mean, uh, you, so. that's a successful year. If he can stay on the field for 15, 16 games, then you call that season success, even if he just has a couple touchdowns and 400, 500 yards. I mean, that's all you want from the guy at this point in his career, you know, being pushing 30 years old and the injuries that he's had. But you know, he's a guy that I'm also rooting for. You know, you hate to see that those guys that can't stay healthy and um, are, are putting their bodies on the line for, to play a game and, and be entertainment for us, you know. So he, he's definitely a guy that I'm rooting for. Right. I absolutely agree with you, especially, you know, him coming from Notre Dame, uh, college in Indiana, so that's pretty cool to see. Um, but that is it with Jacks and Jaguars. Jaguars, that is it with the AFC South. Uh, Scan, we do like to talk. Um, you know, especially uh, two teams, our favorite teams in this division. Uh, a great one hour and 20 minute episode. And, you know, it was worth it. I mean, it was definitely much needed. Uh, but uh, do you have any last words about this uh, division here? Uh, Titans are coming for your throats, boys. So you better watch out. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, it's the funny. King. 
the it, King Henry. <laughs> it's funny. What what did Scott say in the group message that it should be a good six minute episode? Yeah, it's screw like you, Scotty. It's the longest one yet, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, you are yeah, welcome. So suck it, commit. <laughs> oh well, hey, Skid. Thanks so much for jumping on tonight. Thanks uh, for having spilling your knowledge of this great division. Um, appreciate everything and uh, uh, we'll get you on here you know before draft night it is approaching and I hope you liked your invitation you saved the day sounds good rough I appreciate the in, uh, the invite to be on the podcast I did not love the invitations <laughs> and I'm not gonna love my punishments but you know what I earned it I deserve it you sure I'll did take it in the yep. chin and <laughs> yeah it's not going to be fun, but I guess I'm looking forward to the draft, just not the punishment side of things. Well, hey, just just make sure when you go to a draft, you're receiving all these punishments. Make sure you wear your two rings. All right. Yeah, don't worry. Right. I'll be I'll okay. be repping them. I'll be repping <laughs> my rings while I'm I'm doing some dumb shit. All right, all right. Well, hey, Skin, again, thank you so much. Uh, thank you guys for bearing with us for uh, almost an hour and thirty minutes. Good for you if you're still listening. Uh, we'll be we'll, <laughs> we'll jump on again uh, later later this week. And thank you so much again. Stay safe. This has been the Flockcast Network. Take care. Adios, amigos.